inside it with uh, the the Jabberwocky. The Jabberwocky. You, you want to you want to start by uh, quoting Chaucer again for no reason. Yeah, we can start. We can start from the very beginning of the Canterbury Tales again. So we can start. Because you know, one that appeal with the shore of Sota, the roofs of marsh have pursed to rota, and bathed every vine in sweet liquor, of which there too, ungendered is the flower. Once the fairy sacred is fated breather, in spirit path in every halting heather. Is this accent accurate, by the way? Yeah, yeah, of course it's accent accurate. Okay, all right. If I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to memorize the first 18 lines of Gangford does. We're not going to start again. All right. Do you have an accurate yeah. Anglo Saxon accent, too? Well, I don't know the first four lines of Beowulf. All I know is what is the first line of Beowulf. Okay. And then at one point they talk, they say, Shield Safeling. Shield Safeling. That was good Kuning, which means he was a good king. Oh, uh, uh, Kuning, uh, like Koning in German. Yeah. All right, cool. And so that's the only that's the only lines of Beowulf I know, unfortunately. Maybe I should do that one next so that we can have a different uh, intro. I, I a read... Different old English intro. I read Beowulf and I was very disappointed that he never actually was a werewolf or had anything to do with wolves. Feels like misleading. It's basically false advertisement. I think you should go after Mr. Beowulf who wrote this this story. It's you know, it's an old English story, yet it's about a Danish person. Yeah. Once again, a bamboozle. Yep. Screw those fucking Anglo Saxons. I hope they lose the Battle of Hastings and get conquered by Normans. I know. You know what? And I have some good news for you, actually. Oh, really? War just came. Yeah, William the Bastard. New, <laughs> yeah, William, new, new, new king of England. Oh, really? Is it Harold yeah. Hardrada? No, no, it's William the Bastard. Oh, damn. And we've got call, we're now calling him William the Conqueror, because that you know William the Bastard's a bit, a bit rude to call our new wonderful Norman king, you know. Oh, man. I had money on Harold Hardrada. Crap. Oh, well. Well, uh, you know, it just, the Norwegians simply didn't win today, but uh. it's okay. I'm sure that nothing bad will happen from having England be ruled half in France and half in the British Isles. Yeah, no, that, 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 no system can't, about this. that system can't possibly cause about, oh, 800 years of fighting and resentment. Yeah. All right, let's finally... Speaking of, yeah? Yeah, speaking of 800 years of, years of fighting and resentment... <laughs> the Final Fantasy series. <laughs> the Final Fantasy wiki. 800 years yeah. of resentment and conflict. All right. Good evening. Welcome to the Final Fantasy wiki podcast. I'm your host, Blue Highwind. And uh, joining me tonight is uh, Skaith and Yunchasan. Um, Hello. Hello. Yes. Uh, if you don't know what a Final Fantasy wiki is... Uh, a wiki is a compendium of knowledge as written by fans, and it's, I think, a specific kind of computer program, maybe? And uh, Final Fantasy is a video game series. It says final, but they've actually made a lot of them, so it's misleading. Yep. Yep. They, so, made, they made so many that they even had to, uh, you know, make their own wiki about them, it turns out. Yes. It's just, it's crazy. And then, and then they made a the card game called Lord of a Million that um, we've always been, that for some reason occupied a very large portion of my life. Really? Even though I've never played it. No, because it was like it was like a large portion of arguments about whether or not it was a like okay, this is the real eight hundred years of warfare about Final uh -huh. Fantasy wikis. Whether yeah. or not something is actually a Final Fantasy game or not. See, that's you think that would be <laughs> an easy discussion? No, but it's it not. It simply isn't. It's not. Okay. Um, 
So me and 8-Bit actually were recently on a fandom uh, like live stream thing. Uh, this guy, Lucas DeRuder, who I'm a mutual on with Twitter, and I think he might have also been in that, like, fandom, we're gonna go and do uh, bad, you know, BuzzFeed articles thing that I was doing for a little while. I think he was also part of that. Um, so, we were on there, and one of the things that came up is why Bravely Default is not part of the Final Fantasy wiki anymore, and... <laughs> I just, I had to admit, I'm like, you know what, I fought as hard as I could, and eventually, you know what, you can win, alright, you know what, it's just like if, say, you're a Norman Duke fighting the French King, you can win, you have to win every battle, if you lose one, then you lose everything, and in this case, exactly. I lost that battle, so. Never been in Norway in the Battle of Hastings, that's what I learned. Well, it was the Battle of, uh, Stirling Bridge, something bridge? I forget what the name. Oh, yeah, of maybe Norway's the was the, was it was Harold Goodwin, which was the, which was Hastings. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Harold Goodwin was the king of England. Harold Haldrada was the king of I think Norway and Denmark, and he had some claim from Canute the Great over England. And you know, yeah, that doesn't matter. That's not at all relevant <laughs> to the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast, which is what we do. Um, so, except that Final Fantasy sixteen, of course, is a retelling of the Battle of Hastings, and you play as. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. how Final Fantasy Tactics is a retelling of the War of the Roses. Yes, it's, it's like a whole, like a whole horrible demons. Whole, yeah, it's like a whole long thing where actually Final Fantasy sixteen. Once we get back to Final Fantasy's roots, which is of course, um, you know, everyone's favorite part of Final Fantasy is in retelling of English wars, and so finally Final Fantasy sixteen focusing on the Battle of Hastings. You play as William, um, but known as his nickname Clive. Yes. As he goes and su as he goes, he summons the giant demons to go destroy Harold Goodwin, uh, which I believe is the plot of Final Fantasy Sixteen. Is this actually Goodwinson? Goodwinson? Maybe. Well, it's usually the, well, it's usually like the son or whatever is like they had how they did it right with the, with the last names. Uh huh. Okay, uh, let's look up Harold Goodwin. I, I don't know. It, it, it's Godwinson. Harold Godwinson. This is a, all right. I apologize to all my Anglo-Saxon listeners to have uh, gotten Harold Godwinson's son wrong, uh, name wrong. But uh, you know what? Actually, speaking of Final Fantasy sixteen and the War of the Roses, everyone's comparing Final Fantasy sixteen to Game of Thrones, which of course is also heavily inspired by the War of the Roses. Yeah, and I think the the comparisons fall a little bit short because, as we've already established, the War of the Roses didn't happen until about three hundred years later. And while Final Fantasy sixteen is an absolutely lore accurate retelling of the uh, Norman invasion, or in fact, I think the could it yeah, possibly I think the Bayou Tapestry? Yeah, the Bayou Tapestry is literally like if you go look at the Bayou Ta Tapestry, that spoils all of Final Fantasy sixteen. Don't yeah. go look at it. Okay. Like, don't go right. don't go look that don't go look that up. It's okay. literally just spoilers. Okay. <laughs> or maybe it's based on the Anarchy of Stephen and Matilda. The lesser-known English Civil War that's actually much cooler. Maybe there just aren't very good sources, and there aren't very much houses. You know what? We, we keep talking nonsense. It, uh, if possible, we're going to be even weirder than normal, because I'm recording kind of late right now, and I've had a very busy day. But uh, you know what? We don't really have all that much to report on anyway, because... Uh, we're basically just in the lead-up to Final Fantasy 16, so Yoshi P is just out there giving interviews and 
we have more trailers and there's a cover reveal on Game Informer and et cetera, et cetera. But it's just like, it's just all the same stuff. I feel like all we're going to do is talk about Final Fantasy 16's like four topics over and over again. And um, I I don't want to talk about this game anymore until I've played it. Yeah. So, well, I think news number one is that this game was banned in Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. Saudi Arabia being famous supporters of Harold Goodwinson uh, found this, this they really wanted to, you know, the king of Saudi Arabia, he was like, he calls up Yoshi P and he's like, why can't I play as Harold Goodwinson in this game? And Yoshi P's like, no, it's lore accurate. So you have to play as Clive, William the Conqueror. Banned this out of Arabia immediately. It just um, happens that way. Okay. So um, I don't I don't know what this particularly means because Saudi Arabia's video game industry business is something I haven't looked into all that much. I don't know how many games they typically ban. Uh, this one Insider Gaming article mentions that they have banned uh, the God of War series, the Grand Theft Auto series, Last of Us Part Two, etc. Uh, mostly for violence, gambling, nudity, sexual themes, whatever. Uh, apparently, I think the news that came out is because there's an LGBT scene, specifically maybe like a man-on-man scene, is what I heard. I don't know if that's 100% accurate. I mean, in all seriousness, like they're not going to change the game for Saudi Arabia. No, it doesn't really. It's like, it's like not. Uh, no, it's not, a, it's not. It's not. It's not a huge market, and you're only going to upset thousands of other people yeah. by editing games to meet Saudi Arabia's own, no doubt, arcane and bizarre censorship rules. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I to be honest, I've never actually heard a news report ever before about video gaming in Saudi Arabia. So I, I really, I feel as much out of my depth as I possibly could about anything that was ever come up before on this podcast. Uh, but um, let's see what else happened. Uh, we do have some wiki news. You guys like wikis, right? Yeah, everyone loves wikis. Okay. Uh, so we do have a small issue that's come up, which is that Imgur, you know, the uh, Reddit image site, They've uh, suddenly decided that they're going to delete everything that is ever been posted by anonymous content, which is an enormous amount of the internet's history from the last 10 years just getting completely wiped out. I think also they are destroying pretty much everything that is uh, like pornographic in nature, which is pretty enormous considering Reddit's history. Uh, so that's all gone, and any Imgur links that were on the Final Fantasy wiki, we've had to remove, or because they're all dead, basically. That seems like a good way to destroy their business. Uh, here, it's because Reddit is trying to go public. They're trying to do like uh, the stock opening thing, the IPO business, and uh, so. Uh that could be it i don't know it seems like an incredibly stupid and short-sighted thing to do but that's what every tech company does now stupid and short-sighted things uh the other thing and is oh yes okay oh no i was just trying to i was trying to figure out a reason online and there is none yeah. as far as i can tell nope they just uh they just did it actually google recently uh, announced that they were going to start deleting a whole bunch of inactive accounts including possibly a whole ton of YouTube accounts. They at least gave a vague reason, which is that if a dead account still exists, it could be a vector for piracy and fraud, which is bullshit. But 
they at least like came up with something to justify their greed. In Imger's case, they've just done nothing. They don't care. Uh, so the other uh, wiki news is that uh, our own Some Color Mage has, I think, made a new dark theme, a new Final Fantasy 16 theme for the website. I've actually not he's looked at it. He's looking for feedback, so if you're on the uh, FF Wiki Discord, please add him. I think he's made a friend as well. He made a friend? A friend. Oh, a thread, a thread. <laughs> you could make friends as well. <laughs> you're them. I'm sure he's happy to be your friend. If... Well, I'm sorry, know. I'm unable to pronounce the TH sound because English is my second language. Oh, I, I couldn't do it either as a kid. I had to go to, like, an actual therapist in school. Seems a bit cruel to make someone who can't pronounce a TH sound go to the speech therapist. Well, eventually they, they like, pushed it out of me. So now I could say scathe instead yeah. of... Yeah. Where else, where else would you be? I don't know where I'd be. So many... So many... So many great sounds lost. Although the TH sound is pretty pretty rare, I think, in languages as a whole, so really not that useful. No. Um, it also, like, as a kid, I genuinely had no idea what they were talking about. They're like, you're saying three wrong. You're saying free. And I'm like, you just said the same sound. I'm five years old. I have no idea what I'm doing wrong right now. To be honest, I still don't really understand. It seems unnecessary, like rolling R's. I mean, Rolling R's is just, it's just romance conspiracy to try to uh, keep people from being able to speak that language properly, all those different languages properly. I think Rolling R's is just fun. Perro. That's just fun. That's just a fun thing to do with your tongue. I think, I think more languages should come up with sounds that you do that are just fun to do. Uh, Anyway. Um, I think that's kind of it. Oh, Final Fantasy 16 will have no DLC. There was a big uh, Sony state of play last week. We got a new Final Fantasy 16 trailer, which I think is the last one we're going to get. It it looks like all the other trailers to me, to be honest. Uh, actually, guys, what do you think of Final Fantasy 16? I don't think we've actually covered that on the podcast, because you guys haven't been on for a little while. Um, we've both been pretty excited about the game, I think. I honestly don't find the trailers that exciting, but I'm excited about the game. You're right, the podcasts, are, uh, the trailers are all kind of samey. Um, it looks kind of like an Edgelord game. That's fine. I I used to play a lot of FF14, um, so I'm excited to see what Yoshi P is cooking up. I'm just excited for another Final Fantasy game because it's been a really long time. I agree. I have exactly the same opinion. It looks like fun. We'll say. I mean, it can't possibly be less finished than Final Fantasy 15 or worse than Final Fantasy 13, right? So um, I'm excited. What do you, what do you it's think? It's been a it? long time since a good Final Fantasy. I know, it's been a really long time since a good Final Fantasy game. It's been more what 2005 or six when did Final Fantasy 12 come out? It's 2006. I like to think of it's it. As well, Final Fantasy XIV is happening all the time, so really, we're never without a good Final Fantasy game. True. So, we, Final Fantasy XIV, I guess, is the last good Final Fantasy game. Although, I suppose, uh, speaking the of. The release pre- Final Fantasy XIV was also bad. That's true, yes. That, well, that was, not, that was not the worst game they ever released, the release Final Fantasy XIV. 
The original version is we we don't speak about that one. <laughs> I think yeah, the biggest we, problem with we, that one is that you had to like you had like got tired and you had to become like a farmer or something. I don't know. I don't remember exactly why people hated that game because you had to become a. Yeah. I we uh, were so excited about FF16 that we almost didn't buy Tears of the Kingdom because we thought we'd drop it as soon as uh, FF16 came out. Um, and there was a big reason that we bought a PlayStation 5 was to play this game. Uh, maybe, I know a lot of people are excited because the game looks like a return to roots of like kind of medieval fantasy. I kind of disagree that Final Fantasy is necessarily medieval fantasy, but people are excited about that. Whereas I think I'm more excited because I like to see the Final Fantasy series do kind of wacky things and the fact that there's rail shooter summon battles is kind of hilarious to me yeah technically most final fantasy games are early modern not medieval in my opinion uh, i think that um an oversimplification having played tears of the kingdom which is relevant because also the the producer of final fantasy 16 yoshi p is also playing tears of the kingdom yes. and therefore this is not relevant mm -hmm. um Tears of the Kingdom is a fun game, for sure. I think no one would ever argue that Tears of the Kingdom isn't great. I think that's an agreement for most people say. But I will say that Fantasy, the thing about Final Fantasy series is that it's always inspired, even if it's not always good. Tears of the Kingdom is probably going to be better than Final Fantasy XVI, just as, a, as a, probably as an objective final product. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. We'll find we out. We live in hope. We live in I, hope. I hope yeah. that uh, FF16 at least has faster load screens. Um, we, we live in hope. Right. Um, but probably not. But I think Final Fantasy XVI will may, may, in fact, be ultimately be more memorable and a more exciting experience than Tears of the Kingdom in some ways. Because Tears of the Kingdom is Breath of the Wild 2, it's Legend of Zelda. It's kind of, you know, you know what you're getting when you come into it, which is not a bad thing. But when it comes to Final Fantasy XVI, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to get. Which is what's kind of exciting about the series as a whole. When is it, there's a new game, it's always something. Something different, even if it doesn't always work, and sometimes it often doesn't work, and it hasn't worked that well for a while. It's still exciting when you go into it there's they always make up something new it's not legend of zelda again but it's always the same goddamn thing about zelda and link and green cloaked heroes and the ganondorf and time and blah 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 whatever it's the same hey thing hey hey, hey hey ganondorf is not in all the games sometimes the bad guy is just ganon sometimes it's vati sometimes it's just a big mask yes yes sometimes it's majora <laughs> And sure. That's why Majora's Mask is Escape is his favorite. Yeah, my, my two uh, favorite, favorite, ones, Zelda, my two favorite games. Zelda games are Link's Awakening and Majora's Mask. Um, those are solid picks. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I know. I, I know. I don't want to sound like a Legend of Zelda hater because I, I really like the series. But when it comes to Final Fantasy, it's the, the reason why I like the series or why I'm such a big fan of the series is because the series is so varied and strange and you can kind of... You don't necessarily going to expect what you're going to get into. When you because like the trailers don't really I mean you, the trailers set the tone in the sense that this is a game they are chocobos the main character's named Clive you know there's going to be war there's going to be really big monsters but that's true about video games in general so when you when you actually play the game what is you know it's 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 going to be very different from Final Fantasy 15 for sure and that's kind of what's exciting about it in the sense that it's that they always try different things. Maybe you can talk about Euphoria about how uh, Square Enix reacts to each previous. Well, Final they just Fantasy they just game. make the exact opposite game every single time, and they have for a while. Oh, um, that's that's not that's not a bad theory, actually. Elaborate. I, I mean, well, okay. Let's. I, where does it start? It probably starts in Final Fantasy. I, I mean, it starts at the very beginning, right? Because we have one, 
right? Which is a, you know, one is D and D with the serial numbers fired off, right? We just kind of playing D and D, no plot, no characters, just gameplay, which is fun. Then we make Final Fantasy two, which has a plot and the gameplay because the gameplay of Final Fantasy one was fun. The gameplay of Final Fantasy two has to be terrible. <laughs> they did. That was specifically their plan. Let's make it yeah. non-functional on the Famicom. Yeah, let's let's make a game that is not fun. Because Final Fantasy one was fun, but Final Fantasy two we need a plot and need the game not to be fun. So they did that, and then Final Fantasy three is back to Final Fantasy one again, right? With like we're getting away, no plot. The game is fun again. We added the job system back in. Um, and then four is like we, we they keep going back and forth. Right, four is back to plot. The game is less fun again, but the game is not as less not as not fun as Final Fantasy two at the very least. It is. Um, yeah, we're getting we're there's an arc of history. Yeah. that's leading us to, of course, Final Fantasy seven. Yeah, but yeah, then five, then five goes back to job system, no plot, more fun. Six, plot, less fun. Wrong. Gameplay. The gameplay. I like Final Fantasy VI better than this 5. This is what happens when you invite two history majors onto your podcast. Well, Final Fantasy VI, I like Final Fantasy VI more than 5 as well. Yeah. Because Final Fantasy VI is a more complete experience. Because I'm not saying that the gameplay being... Like, the Final Fantasy V gameplay is more engaging, more in-depth than the Final Fantasy VI gameplay. The Final Fantasy VI gameplay, I think you could probably program ChatGTP to play that game. Um, it's, it is... And they won't mess up the Blitz inputs like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to the Blitz inputs. I'm like, mate. You still can't get it? Yeah. Say that again? You still can't get the Blitz inputs? Well, I don't know. I haven't played that game since I played that for the wiki 10 years ago or whatever. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the Let's Play, you couldn't do it at all. <laughs> because I was playing on the emulator with, uh, with the, the, uh, the keyboarded. It's pretty hard. But now I get to watch him play Tears of the Kingdom and fuck up the uh, old controls. Every okay, time. okay. I'm gonna be. Okay. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be defense. I'm not. I'm not a gaming boomer. I can play pretty games pretty well. Tears of the Kingdom. There's something about that game. The configuration of the buttons causes just absolute chaos to my mind. I don't understand why they're arranged in the most confusing way they could possibly be arranged. I feel like every. The, I think the triggers do. Like each trigger does a variety of different things. And if you press the wrong trigger, you just instantly kill yourself in a fight every single time. I feel like, and then the jump button and the run button are on the opposite ends, and then like they, it's just like every game should just follow the Kingdom Hearts uh, button layout. That has perfect button layout. You know, every game action. should just RPG. have Kingdom Hearts combat. Yeah. Yes, Zelda. Oh, sorry. Legend of Zelda needs a dodge roll. His little Link's little hops. They might have worked in 1998. He needs to actually able to roll. Well, he does. He did have a dodge roll for decades until I think Breath of the Wild finally got rid of the dodge roll. Yeah, he oh, had one in Skyward Sword to get rid of the dodge roll. I, I don't know. Skyward Skyward Sword was a load of fucking shit, so I don't care what that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did. This, the Skyward Sword is a bad dream from which I'm trying to awaken. <laughs> so I don't remember what happened in Skyward Sword. To be honest, it's uh. I remember a lot of waving remote around and him not doing what I wanted him to do. Yes. <laughs> was... I'm, I'm sorry, I've derailed us from the history of Final Fantasy. It's yeah. Not the which which itself was apology. a derailment from whatever topic we were supposed to have. Well, we, we don't want to talk about... But yeah, then we just kind of go back and... And then 7 is more of a... I think about 6 and 7 is that those are two that actually kind of don't... The ones that don't uh, follow that mold, because seven is kind of very much a strict continuation of six in that way, right? Yeah. Or the 
grander. It's kind of like the bigger sex. The setting yeah. is pretty similar. Even Aerith's uh, theme sounds exactly like uh, Celeste's song that she sings. Yeah, it's like a it's like a bigger, more ambitious version. And then Final Fantasy VIII is like like the Final Fantasy II version where we need to make the gameplay not fun. We need to make the game much more extensive. There needs to be more strange mini games. But Final Fantasy VIII and like the story needs to be weirder. But the thing about Final Fantasy VIII is that it's I guess it's still following that pattern where it's still like the even bigger version of Seven, where the graphics are better. There's more mini games. The gameplay is more arcane and strange. The 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 plot becomes grander. They go to the space. They go to space again, which is something I've learned or realized that they go to space a lot in Final Fantasy. They better be spacefaring in Final Fantasy sixteen. It's almost um, certainly not going to be. You go to space like every even numbered game, I think. They go to space in four. They go to space in five. They, go to, they don't oh, go to space. My theory's my theory's destroyed already. Six. They go to space in seven, eight, nine. Um, Unilusca kind of lives in space in ten. Uh, oh, Sin fires a laser that's so big that the camera takes us out to space in order to show him like tearing the entire planet apart, which doesn't seem like it causes any problems because nobody seems to react to that. But then, but yeah, but after eight, we go back to the thing where nine is like we're trying to get away from eight. We're trying to do a, a medieval fantasy setting again with. Very classic Final Fantasy IV esque gameplay, and then ten is like, nope, we're gonna go all the way to the future. The game, we're gonna dump the whole ATB system. Characters are gonna be completely different. There's new voice acting, and um, we need to have uh, everything needs to be in exactly in a straight line. And then twelve, eleven is kind of a we're just gonna skip over that one because it's just its own thing. And then twelve is the opposite of ten: open world. Voice acting is actually good. Um, the writing is actually good. Um, but the but the com in the combat is sort of very much sort of trying to get towards a real time thing, and then thirteen is of course the opposite again, where they, it's like a narrow hallway. Because Final Fantasy twelve was not very well released when it was released, right? People didn't like that game until they re released it in a few years ago. I feel like we were ahead of the curve. Um, I think it got good reviews, but I, I think the reception was generally a kind of eh. And I think, I think with the, the re-release, it, it got kind of better ones, but it's never really been on anyone's top five list from the sense I get. Since I get the most beloved ones are like 10 and 7 and 6. And 12 I is just I don't understand why 10 is so beloved, to be honest. Speaking as... I'm, 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 a, 10, I'm a 10 denier. I'll okay. be honest. I think it, it's it, just a lot of people, maybe their first console was the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And that was like it's their first this big though. RPG. Yeah, I think it's definitely a lot of nostalgia. The game has not aged well. I know a lot of people seem to really like eight, which is kind of universally agreed to be a bad game, but it's very popular. You know what? I I think I've turned around entirely on eight. I think doing the let's play. I used to hate eight. I used to think eight was as bad as I think Skyward Sword is now. And uh, having done that let's play, I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of cool stuff in this game. Even if it's a complete fucking mess, I respect the hell out of their attempt to get all this shit in this game. And I can never imagine a modern game managing to pull off as many things as 8 does. Well, the thing is, is though, that's actually what Final Fantasy XV is in some ways. Um, after right. the update that they made. And I'll do the caveat after the update, because the original release version of Final Fantasy XV is, is bad. It's probably Horrible. one of the worst. It's one of the worst Final Fantasy games they've ever released. It's very bad. Um, 
But after the update, which I replayed, we replayed the two of us. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the, the. We could get to the whole reason why I invited you guys on, which is that yeah. uh, you just saying this is the first time you played Final Fantasy Fifteen, right? Yep, that's right. Okay. Well, I played like a very tiny amount. No, wait, no, I never beat it up with this. My uncle bought it for me for my uh, for Christmas, and I never played it. Whoops. You didn't miss. That's anything. okay because the release Final Fantasy Fifteen was a mistake. Anyway. Yeah. So I, I really recently we recently replayed it. So it's her first time, and I played it. Uh, the 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 re-release or the uh, remake. Royal wait, 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 With all the sorry, I have to interrupt yeah. you one last time. Uh, for your grand theory of Final Fantasy history, I've decided to write your thesis for you, which is Final yeah. Fantasy is a land of contrasts. In conclusion, there you <laughs> it's, go. yeah, it's there a contrast. It, it exists in the liminal space between right and wrong, good yeah. and evil. It floats between two different polar opposites and antipodes, if you would say. Yes. At least it's never not boring, oh. except for Final Fantasy Fifteen. Well, Thirteen is a straight line compared to Twelve's open world, and then Fifteen we're back to the open world again. And instead of an asshole, we have some nicer people, plus Gladiolus. <laughs> so the thing about Final Fantasy Fifteen and the is a lot like Eight in its ultimate final release the original version of final Fantasy 15 is is not a competent piece of anything but the the final version that we have today is indeed an extremely inconsistent and imperfect game in a way that is very bizarre and strikingly strange but is also a game that has kind of a charming ambition and and very much a it, it, it feels like an experience that, as you said, like with Final Fantasy VIII, it feels like a game that they tried to do as much as possible and failed. But fun, the final version of this game, the Royal Edition, is actually kind of a marvelous failure in a way. Where if you, if you come into it expecting, if you don't expect, I wouldn't say, you don't, if you don't expect a Final Fantasy game, if you just kind of go in without any real preconceptions of what the game is supposed to be, it's kind of a joyful experience in that way, even though the game is completely a mess, and they, the while the Royal Edition fixes a lot of things, it doesn't fix the fact that the game is game's plot is told as poorly as possible, um, and just remarkably poorly, in in a way that is as confusing and as baffling as they could possibly tell a story that is actually kind of interesting, except for the fact that they just do not make any attempt to make it comprehensible, or told on screen, in any way. But the, the the this version of the game is is I think something that has raised, risen in my steam because I know we did this grand ranking of Final Fantasy games I don't know how many years ago it was uh, like four. you and I and we put Final Fantasy fifteen I think third to last right I think something it was two like and thirteen were only were only the two ones that were worse you know what I gotta um, put that I have to put that particular episode on the feed maybe I'll do it next month because. This is the second time this has come up, like this month. Lucas also said that he loved that episode. I mean, he thought it was one of yeah. the better ones we've done. No. The, the, so we, we put that game pretty low uh, on our list, and I think it's risen in my steam, having replayed it. I think significantly risen in my steam since I played it. Because uh, I, 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 I was not expecting it to be as enjoyable and fun as it was playing it the second time because the first time i do not remember enjoying the game very much at all 
mostly I mostly did not have a positive experience with Final Fantasy XV the first time I played it. And the second time playing through was surprisingly engaging. And they well, we finished a game which is very special for me because I'm extremely bad at finishing video games. I usually get bored like halfway through and stop playing. Okay, uh, but, you but, interest, uh, yeah, Sam, but... what did you, uh, what did you think of Final Fantasy Fifteen? Um, I thought I might start actually by going through an overview of what the Royal Edition is because we've mentioned it but haven't really explained it. Um. So, in terms of my opinion, I I liked the game. It's it is strangely charming, despite the fact that the plot is told as badly as possible. You can kind of see the skeleton of what they were trying to do. I like all the they really nail the interactions between the four characters, and I think it sort of harkens back to some lost innocence. This is not a game which is sarcastic about its characters. It's not making fun of the entire thing, like, Forspoken. Um, they're just genuinely friends, they're generally having a good time. Um, it's not an edgy game at all, it's kind of the opposite of an edgy game. It's it's a campy game. Um, and I think that's a quality that's quite lost in a lot of uh, modern video games. Um, it's very strange. I think another interesting thing to me about this game is that um, the Final Fantasy, I think, is a series which people of both genders can enjoy. Um, it's not really targeted in one way. FF14 is quite unusual amongst MNOs for having quite close to even gender ratio. This is a game for women um, that specifically targets women, and I think that was off-putting to some people. Um, the NHK did a survey of Japanese players of uh, gender ratio of who, which game is the favorite and something like 75 percent of women said that the favorite game is ff15 um wow. compared to just like 25 percent of the men hmm. um next one is f9 actually which is 60 percent women and 40 percent men um so uh and talking to other women who've played this game they do really enjoy ff15 um as a result of this it's, it's kind of a friendly game i guess it's could it be much better than it is? And it's a real shame that it is not better than the current product that we have. But I certainly played a much more enjoyable game than the release version, and it's a game that I would recommend. So in terms of the Royal Edition, if you own a copy of FF15 already, then you get it for free as an apology for, whoops, we're really sorry, the release games sucked. Um, and the things that they've added to it is probably most importantly, you get uh, episode uh, Gladiola's Prompto and Ignis, um, and you also get some updated cutscenes and added fights and uh, some weapons to make the game more playable and various other things. Even easier. And, yeah, <laughs> yes, it makes the game even easier, a game which can already not die in. I don't think we died a single time, did we? It's, no. except, to, except in like bonus boss fights. And crashing the car, crashing <laughs> the flying car. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I know, I think I like it because there's not really other games like this. Like, who who else but Square Enix would release just some wacky game like this? Yeah, it's interesting you say that because my opinion on Final Fantasy XV, when I wrote my review, I remember the most damning thing I wrote was it felt like the Final Fantasy game that anyone would make. 
And I, I might have been thinking more in terms of system and world map, less in terms of character interaction and the cooking and the things that people seem to really love about it, which I, um, I guess I didn't do nearly enough of. Because I only put like 10 hours into that game, if that, and ended up halfway through it and then was got very unhappy with it. The thing about Final Fantasy XV that is, certainly the side quests in Final Fantasy XV are all collecting bare asses and they're all terrible. Almost universal, I, uh, which is something that is definitely a huge negative that the world edition is not fixed. They are the the most basic ass, fetch quest. You know, just go here, kill big bird, get its eggs. Except of course the best side quest ever written for video games, which is the cup noodle side quest, where you have to find the ultimate flavor experience and go season your cup noodles. I didn't do that. What, also, what's the cup of noodle side quest? You just have you just walk around. If you walk near the cup noodle quest, Gladio taps on your shoulder and he's like, "Noctis, do you love cup noodles?" And now he's like, "Yeah." Well, you need to get the ultimate cup noodle experience, and so you have to go and you have the choice of either climbing a mountain to go get eggs from a giant bird, fighting a behemoth for meat, or going and slaying a giant squid for for fish, uh-huh. and then you make ultimate cup noodles. And also, the royal edition does include. Uh, a giant cup noodle hat and can put a Noctis at all times, and it appears in all cutscenes. Uh, <laughs> I love so, that. You know what? Also, you can also. I take yeah. it all back. Everything got bad I said about Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, this is what I mean. Like no other game is this stupid, really. It's the Campbelly stupid. Um, I and the the cutscene. You should just watch the cutscene because at the end they made the voice actors do two takes of it. And one take, they did it completely, absolutely sarcastically. And that's the one that they kept. And it's really funny where they just talk about how good cup noodles are. Yeah, because cup of noodles, like, I I don't want to break anyone's heart here, but cup of noodles is terrible. It is easily easily the worst kind of ramen (laughs) you could find. And you know what? I'm still hungry after I freaking eat it. So it completely fails in every way. There's also a side quest which they added into the Royal Edition. So one of the things that they added was that Altissia, the Venice city that you spend a lot of the game trying to get to, is actually a bigger area now with like quests and hunts and so on. And one of the quests is you overhear that uh, Luna Freya's dress is on display um, and you make this pilgrimage to it and there's no quest markers. You just have to kind of like wander around Venice trying to work out where this bloody thing is whilst overhearing instructions from people to say, oh, I think it's like up that way or like down this corridor or past this building. Um, really captures the experience of trying to navigate around a European city without any phone service. Um, and then you look at Luna Freya's dress and that's it. And it's a really charming side quest. Um, I can't see many games doing something like that. Uh, I don't think most big budget games are that interested in romance, even though Noctis and Luna Freya's romance is not very well written. That's one of the big failings of the game. Well, they don't really have one because you never actually re- reach her in the game. They, they, they never have. They never share any lines with each other in the entire game. Is that so, that can't be true? There has to be. There have to they, be flashbacks, they never, right? Well, well yes. They, but, they interact as children. The Royal Edition adds more Luna Freya cutscenes so that you can enjoy Luna Freya's character a bit more. Okay, I just had a yeah. I lost my train of thought for a second. But I... yeah, they they never in the in the base in the normal game like in the actual game where Noctis is an adult, they never say anything to each other. Yeah, so he, it's he, he sh- 
it's just like Breath of the Wild, where the entire everything interesting plot-wise happened in the past. Except in Breath of the Wild, you actually do save Zelda, whereas in Final Fantasy XV, uh, she gets fridged, and then Noctis uh, grows a terrible beard about it. I think is what happens. No, 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 no. Yeah, the Noct- Daddy Noctis is very handsome. I, I don't like Pronto's facial hair. However, is terrible. Okay, so you know what? This again, this again is I am a straight male, and this game just not may not be for, for me. But the thing about Final Fantasy XV, besides the, the facial hair, <laughs> um, which of course is very important, but you're, you're right in the sense that there's a lot of things that are bad and trend chasing in this game, which it can be, which is a big turnoff for sure. Like the side quests, uh, the open world, which is like a trend at the time, uh, and and uh, sort of you know more non-linear, sort of MMO style quest picking up things. And I think all of that doesn't really work. I think that the side quests are almost all bad, um, except for the ones you're talking about. But I think that the the road trip experience—I I, don't—there's I, never really been a big budget game that has sort of a real road trip experience like this one does in a way that is quite—it is quite engaging in its own way. Uh, yeah, let me think. And I think it, and I think I think that's unique, and no one else has ever attempted. It. And it, it is very weird that a Final Fantasy game, because it has almost no real Final Fantasy. It's almost indistinct. It's almost, it's almost you know, completely uh, non-discernible. It's like almost not a Final Fantasy game in any way. Like except for the fact that occasionally you're driving down the road and just like extremely well-rendered tonberries pop out of the ground and start walking towards you. And stab you. And stab well, you. there's crystals. There's summons. There's chocobos. Um, there's one plush moogle. Not yeah. really very many moogles in this game. Most of the things that you need for a Final Fantasy game, according to Yoshi P. Yeah. Um, the open world, it's, you know, I wasn't that keen on it initially, but it's a very beautiful world. This is an extremely beautiful game. The character designs are very well done. Um, it's one of the most beautiful. The, on the Royal Edition, or, or the version we play now, the game is extremely beautiful. I is think... this a PS5 version, or it's just... Yeah, we well, played we, it we on the PlayStation. On the... It's a PS4 game, but we just put it into our PlayStation 5. Okay. Um, And it's... The load times are now almost non-existent, so that's a great improvement when you play it on the PlayStation 5. Using that Um, SSD. 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 It's a gorgeous game. Uh, To to cycle back to road trip thoughts, I was just thinking, are there any other games that do road trips? And there are. There's, like, Last of Us. There's a few indie games I can think of. Um... But there aren't any that, is, yeah, there aren't any that do dude road trips, where it's like you're 19 and you're gonna go drive with your bros down somewhere. I think this it's is like the driving only driving across the country when you graduate college, right? Like yeah, that's exactly. what this game is, right? Yeah, it's a gap year game, and I I guess I just didn't get to see enough things I wanted of a kind of story of like that. By the way, I have a grand theory of how I can fix Final Fantasy 15. And that would okay. be, they actually are a boy band, and you are driving from gig to gig, and then they that's sing what, That's J-pop. what Nomura wanted to do. It was yes. supposed to be a musical. Yes, it should have been a musical. He watched Les Mis, and he really Thank wanted you. it to be a musical. Well, no, not a musical like that. Um, it has to be more um, like Andrew Lloyd Webber campy stuff. I- I'd say like Love Never Dies is what they should aim for. And the oh worst song, the worst songs in Love Never Dies, not the good ones. 
a I think, bathing I think, beauty. Honestly, that would have been an improvement. I think it would have been. I think people would have hated it. Final Fantasy fans would have hated it at the time, but I think it would have definitely been an improvement for sure. I think it would have been. I agree. Oh, I would have hated it, but I think I would have come around eventually. But yeah, I, I was I was surprised for sure. I I think I've come around about this game. I think it's it's risen significantly in my steam having played it, um, and it's and I can you can kind of see its great ambition, and I and I would say the Final Fantasy Royal the Royal Edition does add a lot more just random dialogue and interaction to the characters and give, like for example, Gladio will wake you up and it's like now it's time to go run on the beach, not this you must you go and run like, with me five a.m. And then they go for a run. Or you go and catch them. Uh, Gladiolus wakes you up and is like, hey, there's this really big fish. You want to go and catch the fish? And then he like shouts encouragement at, at you. The fishing uh, music is replaced by a butt rock version of the f- fishing <laughs> music. Like just the most obnoxious Gladiolus rock possible. Um, and he's like, you're almost there, Noctis. And he helps you pull it up. He jumps into the lake to try and like save your fish for you. It's really cute. So are they the topless you... when they're uh, running on the beach? Sadly, no. But you can oh unlock topless gladiolus. Uh, you can unlock topless gladiolus as quickly okay. as DLC. Right. That you get. You we mostly put Noctis in the mariachi costume. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but maybe... yeah, there's a mariachi costume. For him. You can also put him in like some sort of weird, like five-year-old, like 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 a chocobo costume for like a five-year-old kid. There's a lot of stupid things you can put Noctis in, which is. And as I said, carries over to every cutscene. So Anakis is mourning over Lunafrey, and he's wearing a mariachi costume and crying. It just significantly <laughs> improves it. And, and, and you can put thirty. You can put thirty-year-old Noctis in the mariachi costume with the ghost. Goes and confronts. <laughs> goes and confronts Arden. And, you know. I, I think this game is also significantly improved by playing it with someone because it's quite a funny game. Um, kind of unintentionally funny. A lot of times, I think I think sometimes it's being funny I, on purpose. Like yeah, for, I think for sure, like they knew what they were they doing with the Mariachi costume. They put a little hat in there for some for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Also, if you put like uh, you can put Gladiolus's sister as your photograph choice for taking to the afterlife to for Luna Freya to look at, and Gladiolus comments on that, and he says, "Nice choice, basically." He has a sister. I don't remember that at all. Which one's Gladiolus? Oh, yeah, he's, they... the, he's the big guy, right? Yeah, yeah Gladiolus is the, the your your big buff friend. And his your name, bodyguard. Uh, Scaith, as the uh, Latin expert, his name means something penis, right? Tiny penis? Small penis. Small penis. Yes. Small no, penis. it's a friendly penis. Yes, okay. Small friendly penis. Small okay. friendly penis, yeah. Small friendly. That, there's our <laughs> podcast title. We're not doing that. Um... Yeah, Ignis is your cook and your chauffeur, and the, the DLC shows that he's clearly in love with you, unfortunately, for Noctis getting married to a woman. Um, and then Prompto's just a friend. So it's kind of funny at the start, where Gladiolus kind of does not like you very much. I think I think there is... The, the, the... Yes, and it, the, the game is like a buildings are on, but as I said, everything about the the plot, like the macro plot as a whole. So when you're playing the game and each individual moment when the characters are having interactions, it's, and like the dialogue is actually, I would say pretty well written and the characters feel fleshed out and interesting. But then when you actually play the game's plot and experience the game's plot, it is told absolutely as terribly as possible. The plot, like every single decision they could have made made the plot more confusing and told worse. 
than it could have been told in any other way. Like everything that ends. So the game is theoretically a buildings Armand for Nazis to grow up and, you know, go conquer the world. Except instead of doing that, he just gets shoved into a crystal and they just skip 10 years and he just becomes an old, old soul in a rock instead of actually having any of the character development happen on screen. It's just all these sort of strange decisions. Characters die off screen. You spend the second half of the game on a train. There's just lots of extremely bizarre decisions that were made in this game. Uh, that, speaking that of... Think... Oh, sorry. Speaking of weird decisions, no, uh, Uni, did you watch the Final Fantasy XV movie? Yes. AB and I watched it together. I'm not sure why we did. It didn't make any sense at all to me. Um, and it wasn't very good. No. That's true. That's correct. Did you watch it Somehow, before the game? continues or... to be the best uh, Final Fantasy movie, even though that movie is also bad. Did you watch it before uh, you wa- played the game, or did you watch uh, yes, it? Yes, I watched it much before the game. Okay, because it, as I recall, that movie only makes the opening of that game so much more confusing. Yeah. So, I'll, I wanted to go through some of the plot things, but I did also, before I do that, I wanted to comment as well. One thing I really like about the game is... A lot of Final Fantasy games, there's, like, important character moments where they, like, bond and, like, come to deeper understanding of each other and so on, and those can be quite memorable scenes. Um, whereas FF15s really succeeds more in the unimportant moments where these dudes are just, like, hanging out. Sometimes they get randomly petty and annoyed at each other. They've been on a trip together for a long time. Sometimes they're like best friends. They move in and out of it and so on. They just decide to do random things like take photos and they comment on things and make fun of each other. I think that's really cute. Um, It's a very organic way of building uh, relationships between your characters, um, which is a bit more unusual in the series because it's not restricted just to cutscenes. Um, it's it's like a very advanced form of the Donald Goofy Sora interactions in uh, into Kingdom Hearts Three, actually. Wait, did you say it in the right order? Is it is it Donald Ooh, Goofy Sora? Sora Don, Donald Goofy every single time. Oh, Sora Donald other. Goofy. Okay, right. Right. yeah. I have to correct that. I'll I'll correct that in post for you. Don't worry. Ah, uh, thank <laughs> you. Um, so. What they would wanted to do, and they've managed to fix some of this, but you kind of have to piece it together yourself, was that Kingsglaive was supposed to be in the game, and Noctis was supposed to be the main character. It was about you trying to fight your way out of the city, but they couldn't manage to wait, make it work in the game due to, I don't know, PlayStation 4 restrictions. Like or they just ran out of money because they wasted... Okay. Look, yeah, they ran out of money. Sorry, they wasted money on a lot of random stuff. For example, all the cooking, which looks amazing, like the, the actual piece, it's a, it's a game that's never made me more hungry than to play it. It's a terrible game to play for your weight. You, you play it and you're like, I want to eat all this food that Ingus is making. But the reason why it looks so good is because they actually went into the forest and cook and brought a whole bunch of professional chefs with them to cook a bunch of, like, you know, hundreds of meals in the forest to make sure it's actually doable and then, like, take pictures of them and digitize them to the game. Wait, wait, this they is the kind of stuff actually... They all that's accurate. They that's all stuff every you can yes. meal. They made every single meal. Yes, they made every single meal and digitized it. Uh, and a, they used like the, only the equipment that you could use whilst you were camping. That's, that's correct, incredible. Yes. I, you know what? I, I have to try that now. <laughs> oh, there's there's a fan base cookbook of this entire game, by the way. Yeah, but it I I've seen it, but I don't think the fan base cookbook is like you have to go make risotto on a fire pit. No, that's not that's true. But yes, and then in the the original people who made this game because they apparently had just horrible budgetary 
you just do not know how to budget anything and sometimes decided to spend their money doing that instead of actually making a game. But anyway, go on, sorry. Anyway, so as as the game is now, you leave the city to Noctis is like bitchy towards Regus and then he you go to Golden Key to try and catch his boat and you fail to catch the boat because Insomnia gets invaded. So I think the intention was that you go back to Insomnia and you try and rescue Insomnia and uh, you activate the ring, the wall and so on and fight your way out again. Because you go back to Insomnia and all you do is look at it and you go like, well, that's sad. Um, and then you start doing the uh, the Royal Arms, except you do like a couple of them and then you forget about it. Which is a problem that happens a lot in FF15 where you do a few things and then we completely forget about it. Um, so you do a few Royal Arms and you're like, oh, you got to go and see Iris now, Gladiolus is here. Um, and then whilst you're doing another roll arm, you get, uh, Arden randomly appears and he's like, I'm on a road trip with me, Noctis. Uh, a side note, Arden is amazing. The fact that he's like your creepy uncle is really funny to me. The, the voice acting that they chose for him is amazing. He's one of the highlights, uh, in the game for, for, uh, for certain. And episode Arden is a lot of fun. Um, and you can put Arden in a bunch of silly hats. Yeah, I so remember the main, the main gimmick of Exit Arden is you can put him in any hat you want. And also constantly rap music is blaring in the background the entire <laughs> yes. game. It, the rap music is sung by the guy who does Persona 5 rap music as well. Oh, wow. it's, it's, it is extremely Wait, Persona funny. 5 rap music? Or Persona, oh, it's Persona 3? Just Persona rap music in general. The Persona okay. rap music guy. Okay. I don't remember there being rap in Persona 5. Maybe I, I think it's mostly Persona 3 that has a lot of the rap music. But anyway, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. The, and Arden gets points for destroying uh, all the like festival memorabilia that Regus has put up to celebrate Lucian line. Um, so you'd go around and like destroy his TV screens and so on. And, and then like, the game expensive. comments on how much it costs. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that looks expensive. I remember <laughs> when that it? game was coming out, they had like art of every single character. Like they, there was that big artwork with all the characters' faces. And I remember, I don't even know if all those characters even made it into the game, or some of them probably have like three lines that are barely there. Like the old scientist dude, I don't remember what his deal he was. He only has one line in the original game. Yeah. And I remember seeing but Arden. He's and like insanely important to the plot. So if, if you play the DLCs, it turns out he is responsible for everything that wrong that happens. He's. Episode Arden set like, I don't know, 30 years ago or whatever, and Versailles extremely handsome for some reason it's very strange he's got the very deep evil voice that you're not expecting to come out of his like handsome youthful face and he's so evil that he turns Arden evil because Arden's just kind of depressed at the time and Versailles like you should be evil and Arden's like no I just want to die and so episode prompto is about also Vistine's there leaving tons of documents that you have to listen to and read which he also does in episode Arden he's like some sort of strange Resident Evil like obsession of documents, leaving them everywhere. You have to you read for lore, and then the key. We'll, we'll get to episode prompto in a bit. So yeah, we, we, yeah. we so Arden's taking you on your road trip. You do Titan cool set piece. This game doesn't have enough cool set pieces. Leviathan's cool, but it's not actually a battle. So there's really like three memorable battles in the entire game. That's a real big problem about this game. I think the dungeons are fine, but the boss 
design is just dreadful and it's really revealed when you play the DLCs because all the DLCs have amazing bosses and you're like oh I forgot that bosses could actually be interesting um so you do Taishin then you do Ramu and then you just Ramu's not even a fight you just go and touch a tree um I think they wanted to do fights and then they just didn't because of budgetary restraints and then you stop doing them yeah, for some I reason. Think, as I recall... It's, it's, you don't do any more summons until uh, the mandatory Leviathan summon. Okay, so rewind back. Um, I was talking about the artwork before the game. I remember seeing Arden's face and I was thinking, I hope that guy's the final boss. And I got my wish, I guess. Uh, as for Ramu, as I recall, you just go to three places and you get three yep. stones and then you have Ramu. And that's it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then Ramu comes and bails you out of every fight that goes on for too long. He, he looks really cool. And then you go and, and then your car gets stolen and then you have to go and like evade the magic check facility that derails you from getting summoned. Um, you get your car and then uh, Cindy's like, I can turn your car into a boat for you. And then you can go and finally meet your fiance in What is this, in what is this top gear? You turn your car into a boat? <laughs> that you can turn the regalia into this horrible off-road monstrosity as well and then it becomes a plane yeah. yes and it yes. crashes and is useless but you can also turn it into a motor into like a, a monster truck and then drive it around and have bizarre off-road races that don't use semi function um and royal edition also adds that there's an ocean now so you can drive your boat around as you please and go fishing and just spend like hours with making your friends sit in the boat watching you fish. Um, th there's like a fishing radar as well. There's a lot of really bizarre side quests here. You can go and find and see Bismarck, who's just like a big whale here, and watch oh. him bring the fish. Yeah, because he's not a summon, as I recall. No, they're just like there's another god of the sea, and they're like what? And they're like yeah, go and go and find some birds and bismarck appears it's very strange it's very half-baked along with yeah. much of ever 15. so previously in the original version of the game um in around chapter 8 gladiolus is like hey noctus i gotta go somewhere and noctus like what okay then and he just disappears for a chapter and he and comes back and they're like oh you're back and You've he's missing an eye now. right isn't he? He's just got like some big scars, like one scar over his face and some over his chest. And Gladiol's like, yep, other guy got off worse. And then it's just like never talked about again. And I can see that's absolutely completely baffling in the original game. But what you're supposed to do here is play episode Gladiolus, where you play as Gladiolus who has great gameplay. Um, you actually have to press the buttons instead of just holding it down. We haven't even talked the about parry the is important. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 15. I, don't, I don't want to talk about Final Fantasy 15 combat. I hate it so it's fucking bad. much. It's, it's bad. so it's bad. bad. It was one, maybe one of the worst combat systems I've ever played in any game. Other than like Star Fox Zero, which had controls that actively made me feel like somebody had reprogrammed my body and put extra knees in there. That Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 is like the second worst I've ever had. Uh, episode Gladiolus is very short, but you work out what Gladiolus was doing, which is he went on a trip with Kor to go and kill Gilgamesh and get a cool sword, um, because his ego was damaged too much by Ravis kicking his butt. 
Um, and what you learn from episode Gladiolus is that Gladiolus is a total badass, but we kind of knew that already. Um, yeah, so you fight Gilgamesh, and then you have Kor as a super boss. It's pretty short. Um, I think it's the first one they released, and they didn't put that much effort into it, but it's quite fun. Um, then the next one is when you do, when you finally get to Altesia, and you do the Leviathan battle, and then you wake up, and Ignis is blind, and all your friends hate you for some reason. It's just, like, doesn't make any sense. Everyone's really hateful, the atmosphere is terrible in the following dungeon, but the game would have been very much improved if they actually did insert episode Ignis into this, where you take control of Ignis. There's a kind of like capture the flag game where you reclaim districts in Altesia, which has become like a big uh, battlefield, and you can traverse over all the, the ceilings and so on, and Ignis has a hookshot for some reason. His gameplay is also quite fun as well, he's kind of overpowered and he like jumps around like crazy um and use like in radio communications with the other characters uh, including what's her face lady who looks like hillary clinton the person who rules the person who rules rtc i don't know i don't know what i mean i think we just refer to her as hillary clinton um and it's pretty great because you kind of reclaim the city you get to see the destruction rtc is really fun to play around it reminds me of what they should have done with kingdom hearts 3 san francisco level where there should be something to do amongst this big beautiful city um and ravis becomes like the guest party member and you can kind of see he's got a cool character arc which they just completely do not add into the game who is um, ravis into the base ravis is luna Frey's brother exactly who, so wait ravis's character oh. is supposed to be yeah, yeah. From the movie, so that the ex- guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea was that Ravis felt betrayed because Regis ran away from um, from Tenebrae with saving Noctis rather than try and fight the Imperials when they took his home. And so he believes the Lucian Kings are uh, not worthy and he tries to take the ring himself but is rejected. And then he goes through like this character arc of being a rival to Noctis well, and then also well he's supposed to this is what they were trying to do yeah but he's, he's not in the original game like at all i think he's like a yeah, random boss that's the problem. off topic yes and that's uh, but they were trying to do something and he's actually quite a fun character because he's just unbelievably unrelentingly grumpy um and he's kind of wearing a ever 14 costume as well so it's like more choices for the women playing this game um so it's, you get Ravis and then you get uh, Ignis actually claims the ring and you get to see what happens. And I don't know why this was not in the base game. Well, I mean, I know why, which is that they ran out of budget, but it, episode Ignis is actually very good. And it's got music by Yasunori Mitsuda, which is also great. Because uh, uh, they invited Trigger a different guy, right? guest composer. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The Chrono Trigger Chrono Cross guy. Um, so episode Ignis is great. And then you play through the linear section of the game, which is very bad, where they tell you plot as info dumps, Shiva randomly appears and like info dumps some stuff about Solheim, uh, which is never touched upon again in the game. Um, and uh, you end up in the to Arden's dungeon whilst he taunts you over the PA system. Okay. 
Did they add that you could play as Gladiolus uh, in the Royal Edition? Was that in the base they, they, game? They allow you to play as uh, all the all. You can or could only play as Narcus in the original versions, or any additional characters are all from the Royal Edition. So yes, you can in the Royal Edition you can play as all the other characters as well. Yes, and because uh, Noctis had kicked Prompto off a train, and then he just like you rescue him later. Episode Prompto is what happens whilst he's been kicked off the train, which is Arden just decides to psychologically torture you because Arden is a man who wakes up every day and chooses violence. Um, so he takes we, you to a research character. facility. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's, he takes you to a research facility, taunts Prompto about being a clone, introduces what? him to his extremely evil father. Yes, Prompto <laughs> is, a mag- is a clone, so the Magitech soldiers are made out <laughs> of clones. Wait, 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 just letting you know. Wait, is he so a clone you read the size, of... Like, is he a clone of the original... Is a clone of the evil scientist, yes. Wait, no, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. That can't make sense. Yeah, so... Because I so remember... the Magitech... <laughs> sorry, I remember there was, like, a there was like an anime OVA where they had, like... I don't remember, like, four episodes or something. And Ignis was, like, Noctis' best friend as a kid. They knew... He knew him his entire but, life. Well, we... Well, see, oh, Prompto, Prompto was, actually... was rescued as Prompto, a baby. Prompto, sorry, so no... He... Yeah, that yeah. One. the blonde so one. So the 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 plot is that the Magitech soldiers are made by combining demons and like humans. And the star initially is like, I really don't want to do this. It's kind of evil. Then he's like, I'll just use people who are already dying of the demon malaria. And then he says, this isn't working enough because there's like adults have too much personality. So I've got to use babies. So, but there aren't enough babies dying of malaria. So I'll just make loads and loads of clones of myself as test tube babies and give them demon malaria. And Prompto is one of those babies. Okay, that that actual, that plotline rules. I wish that was actually in the, that was in the base game. That's that's extremely fucked (laughs) up. It's like... uh... Arden takes you to the research facility to make you confront this and he said here's your dad and then forces you to kill your dad and then he makes fun of you for having killed the star yeah. yeah that's and it's a it's a third person shooter for some reason it's also really bad it's really really bad oh it's a anyway, third oh my god this game this, this game person. this game like you know what i was starting to come around i'm like I, you know what maybe i was wrong maybe i could give final fantasy 15 another chance and now i'm like oh no it's a complete incoherent fucking mess i think i'm good um and it's also got a small open world for some reason where you can do side quests to upgrade your snowmobile um Yes, and then you fight this guy has turned into a giant worm. Yeah, why not? Episode Prompto is not that good. Um, yes. So, I think they would have wanted to add all the summons and maybe... I don't know how to fix the train section. I think they wanted to make Tenebrae an actual playable section. Not. Um, and instead things are told randomly to you by, a, like, a ten-year-old child. Um... That's really weird. I don't know what to say about that. But the ending of the game is great. I don't... Noctis being the crystal in, for 10 years is not great, but... the Everything after emerging from the crystal is amazing. I think they would have also liked to make an actual world of Ruin, but again, no budget for that. Yeah. They did make uh, the Ruined Insomnia a big playable level, so you can go and explore there. There's side quests for some reason, even though it's final dungeon 
Um, they added some more boss fights as well, so instead of just going up to Arden and Arden going, nope, just you and me, Noctis, goodbye, your friends, you fight uh, three uh, kings, Lucian kings, um, possessed by Arden, and each of your your party members uh, becomes playable for part of that to use their special skills and gameplay to overcome the preceding three bosses. So it's like a boss rush, it's fun, uh, yeah. They vastly improved a lot of things in the Royal Edition. Indeed. Okay. I mean, the thing is that the Prompter's gameplay is honestly, you can, the, it's not, it, it's very strange. I don't know why they felt the need to make it a third-person shooter, but it is. Um, yeah, it's just one of the, another one of the weirdnesses of Final Fantasy 15 is like, Ignis and Gladiolus and Arden all basically play like Noctis, but, um, Prompto is a third-person shooter, sort of. I'm starting to see why Hajime Tabata quit this company and decided to do mobile games <laughs> instead. It, it, I mean, it's the lot. The Gladiolus gameplay, gameplay, Ignis gameplay, and Arden gameplay is a lot of fun. They really improve on Noctis's gameplay, and I'm not sure why Noctis's gameplay is the worst out of everyone's, except for Prompto. Yeah. Um, and then episode Arden is you get Arden's backstory. Which is kind of unnecessary. I think you can tell that Arden's just really annoyed, wants to choose violence because he's doomed to die, and he's just like, I'm actually ready to die, but let us inflict as much pain on people as possible. The plot doesn't make sense unless you realize that Arden's just kind of suicidal. Um, and then you played episode Unifreya, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the good part of the game, right? Oh, I actually read the plot of the. Uh, novel and I think the game would have made much more sense if you were supposed to do episodes Gladiolus, Ignis and Prompto as part of the game and then the DLC was the Dawn of the Future stuff plus episode Arden. That would actually make sense. Um, Dawn of the Future involves you realizing that Bahamut is actually evil and teaming up with everyone to go and kill God. Classic yeah, Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's how a Final Fantasy game should be instead of like well, you fucked up, and uh, everyone dies, and uh, none of this yeah. had any meaning at so, all. So, episode Aranea was supposed to be that you explore the world of Ruin, and you're seeing all the people who are like Iris, and your friends, how they're surviving in the new destroyed world. Then Luna Frey is about her getting resurrected and becoming like the vessel for the evil demon plague um, to gather all the evil in the world for Bahamut. Um, and then episode Noctis is you team up with Arden and everyone else and kill God. Yeah, because we can't let Unifreya actually ever fucking do anything. She's like the second most important character. You know, I'm still mad. I'm still mad about Stella getting replaced. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Fuck, I hope this gets fixed in Kingdom Hearts 4. I ha I'm Isn't willing Kingdom to Hearts believe. 4? Kingdom Hearts Kingdom 4. 4. What's her face? She's like, what's her face? It's, uh, it's, it's, uh... Strelitzia? So let's say, yeah, it's, it's yeah. the same person. Let's be honest. It's, it's the same character. I, eventually, Nomura will bring the Final Fantasy XV that was promised in Kingdom Hearts 4. Right. I hope Yuzora is not an edgelord, though, because I really like Noctis' character. I like that he's kind of awkward. I the backstory is apparently that Regus wanted to keep him really sheltered, so he just kept him in like the palace the entire time, and he doesn't know how to interact with other human beings. Um, he doesn't like carrots. He's kind of I shy think. and a loser. I think uh, there's, you there's a clip. You expect him to be cool, of, uh, but he's just kind of lame. 
His buddies have to go pick the vegetables off of his burger for him because he doesn't like them. Yes. So he's like he's yeah. like a six year old. Basically, he's like an immature prince. Um, the episode Ignis bonus fight, by the way, is really great. Um, Ignis fights Noctis as a training match, um, and Ignis bets. Noctis that whoever loses has to eat all his vegetables for a meal. So Noctis goes all out. So he starts off by using all the royal arms against you. Then he starts using Armager against you. Then he pulls out both of his friends uh, to go and beat Ignis up. Then he pulls out the Ring of the Lushi and casts the death spell on you. It's a very long boss fight, but it's great. You should play kill his Ignis friends, just for that. Yes. Okay. Noctis would rather kill his friends than eat vegetables. Okay, so... Not to jump to conclusions, but... Uh, where would you guys rank Final Fantasy XV now on your list of Final Fantasy games? I would put it... Well, okay. Somewhere in the middle. Okay, so it's gone from the bottom up to the middle. That's improvement. It's, it's past Final Fantasy X. It's probably past Final Fantasy 3 and 4. Okay. But I think none of the other ones. What about 5? Five? 5 and ten, five and 15 are around the same, right? I think mm-hmm. it's my... Yeah, I'd say so. That's where you'd put it too, Uni? Yeah. Okay. Alright, so... Final Fantasy... Alright, so yeah, it is a mid-game, confirmed, even amongst the people that have been gushing about it for the last 45 minutes. Well, the thing is is that the the scale is is opera, because most Final Fantasy games are good, except for 13 and 2, right? Yeah, I'm using bad math right there to manipulate a point. I think the thing about Final Fantasy 15 is it's both a mid-game and the opposite of a mid-game, where it's not like it's average, is that some parts of it are really very, very parts of it. unbelievably abysmally bad and unfortunately the bits that are bad are the macro pot and the gameplay which or the combat which are two (laughs) crucial parts of your game so it's very successful in a lot of ways and then very not successful in the most important ways okay i still would rank final fantasy 15 probably way at the bottom because i didn't play that version of the game they asked for 60 bucks for the base version of the game, and uh, I'd say the most fun I had with it was a, like, random one-week event that I hope is in this, like, Ultimate Collector's Edition, which is, uh, you're in Venice, and it's, like, Chocobo Festival times? Or maybe it's Moogle Festival know. times? No, it's that's the Assassin's Creed event, so that's out. But there's a Terror Wars event, because, uh, Sakaguchi pulled a bunch of favors, I guess, and, uh... Terror Wars is his mobile game, and Uematsu does the music. No, I'm, I'm um, sure there was like a Chocobo Parade. And there's an Epa 14. No, no, no. And it, it, F14 it, it did event. happen. It just was a timed event that isn't in this game. So that's like. still. Oh, that that was the one part. All right. Yeah, that was the Assassin's Creed crossover event. Okay, I put it. I you know honestly, I'd put it below Final Fantasy 13, the game I experienced wow. at least. Because I, as much as I dislike so much about Final Fantasy XIII, I felt like that was a game that got, that was completed. And fifteen, I can't look at it without remembering the backstory of Nomura just kind of shitting around for ten years. And then eventually Hajime Tabata being dumped this project that it seemed like he never really wanted to make and never really 
knew how to do. Because so much of the lead-up to that game was him, like, releasing demos and then begging players for feedback. Please tell me what you want. I don't know. Just just give me an idea so this game could be fun. And then uh, it really wasn't. And, uh, you know. But you know what? I'm glad it has an audience. And I've seen a lot of online buzz for people who are like, you know, I love this game. I played it when I was 15. And uh, this is Final Fantasy to me. You know what? Even if games suck for me, it means that the wheels of Final Fantasy keep on turning. Yeah, I think that's what I enjoy about this series, and that's what's important for me. I don't want Final Fantasy series to release a boring game, a game that's a product. I want them to do weird things, even though they don't always work. Yeah. I think... We want things to be continue to be strange, and I feel like Final Fantasy uh, sixteen is continuing to be strange, and that's something yes. that is exciting. And looking back into that kind of PlayStation One or SNES PlayStation One era of games, where Square released a lot of weird things that didn't work, like I mean, you really like Live Alive? Is it Live Alive? Live Alive? Live um, Alive. But that game was kind of a Live Alive was a critical failure. Basically, I didn't sell very much. Um, I don't know if it's a critical Chrono... failure, but it was not released in the West. I, yeah. I think it got lost Chrono in the Cross. Chrono Cross, a really flawed game as well. I'd, I can't believe Square managed to release so many games in a short period of time as well. We looked at the list. They released like nine games, I think, based on like less than five years, was it? Making yeah. games was easier back so then. You didn't need HD. Yeah, there was so much creativity. You could take so many risks. Um, I think FF15 was a risky game that didn't quite play uh, pay off, but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do we have anything else, or are we basically done? Think we're done. I think we're done. Think we're play done. episode Ignis. Okay. Play uh, Final Fantasy. Fun, although... Yeah. Episode Arden is fun as well, but you actually have to pay for it, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I don't know if that's worth it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, maybe in five years I'll have you guys here and you'll have played, um, what the hell is that game? Forspoken. Uh, are telling me how that's actually a legitimately great game. I'm not playing Forspoken. You're not playing. I played, you know what? I'm the dumbest fuck here because I bought Forspoken full price played four wow. hours of it thought it was i have nothing like bad to say about the experience i had and i just have never been able to gather the energy to go back and finish it well you could have some color mage on the podcast and ask him why stranger paradise is actually a good game he does that yes haven't we done this we must have done a stranger have paradise we... episode i feel what have he we does not... appear to believe that yes okay well, anyway, uh, Final Fantasy 15 plus 1, which adds up to 16, my calculator tells me. Uh, that will be 15 plus 1, you yep. shall not redo. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. You know what? That's what Kingdom Hearts 4 is. It's no more as Evangelion Rebuild, but it's for Versus 13. Uh, so uh, Final Fantasy 16 will be out on June 22nd, and um, presumably in a month we're all, we'll all have opinions about it. Unless, of course, you're playing uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and you can't put that game down in time. 
Because that game's long as hell, and then Final Fantasy 16 will be out, and it's like, am I going to put this down for Final Fantasy 16? Will Final Fantasy beat Zelda in the ability of you putting a game down and picking another one up? This is a very difficult battle. This is the crisis of modernity right here. Indeed. Yeah. This is, this, 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 this is what Malthus is warning about. Not not a, an overabundance of population, but an overabundance of AAA video games. Yes. The neoliberal theory that choice brings pleasure and efficiency and betterment. Actually, no. Choice is bad and paralyzes us and destroys us. Uh, so, you know, choosing between Zelda I and Final Fantasy. For some reason. Yeah. Uh, so, um, anyway, yeah, I guess I'm going to end there. Um, oh, one other note is uh, Some Color Mage mentioned this last month, and I want to mention it because... Uh, I didn't get to be on that podcast, but uh, Waypoint is shutting down, which is one of my favorite video game podcasts. Uh, there will be no Waypoint thoughts on Final Fantasy 16 because they'll be gone on June 2nd. And uh, that just that just sucks horribly. I'm endlessly depressed and just made deeply sad by the state of video game journalism and media. Uh, the complete destruction of most abilities for professional discourse about video games is very short-sighted and I think will do the industry very bad. They might think that just being able to generate a whole bunch of buzz by having a, you know, a state of play that's nothing but an hour of trailers and that's all the discussion that needs to have is good. No, people do actually need something more... There's more discussion to be had. There needs to be higher level things. Uh, if you just allow video games to be the entire, like the industry to decide the source of discourse, we'd never go back to Final Fantasy XV all these years later and come up with different opinions about it. That game would just be forgotten yeah. and another piece of trash and there'd be no history to anything. So that all sucks and, uh, you know, fuck capitalism, go home. Um, you guys don't listen to Waypoint, do you? No, no. But however, um, we can we can agree with uh, we can agree with fuck capitalism. Yeah, yeah. And I think we can. To, we are both strong supporters of. I think the general gaming population does not value having things like art degrees and writing classes enough, which is why a lot of games are badly written. Yeah, and uh, you know, lack of humanities degrees, I think, in the greater video game industry is why so many Western games have not been able to develop a steady, you know, ecosystem. I, I look back at a lot of other franchises, and Final Fantasy is doing great compared to other ones. Like, Overwatch is completely fucked. Uh, you know, Halo could be dead in a few years. These are gigantic money-making operations that could have surpassed Final Fantasy, and you know what? Final Fantasy might outlive all of them. Just indeed, endlessly. Just because, it, yeah, go. Turns out Final Fantasy was actually pretty inspired, after all, in yeah. terms of a, a video game series. That I think, and then inspiration goes a long way. Being able to, I think, I think the ability for Square Enix to make a whole new world and whole new characters every single game, not so much, not not literally every single game anymore, but every single game for a while was i think people something that people took for granted and in this you know right now it's not happening a lot and, but square enix continues to persevere and continues to do that yep. yeah i like i mean when stranger paradise was uh, we were seeing all those trailers a lot of people were asking who on earth asked for this game who is this game for um and i kind of still feel that way about stranger paradise but 
If Square Enix does not go around games which make us us, who is this for? If they're not making games just for themselves, and I think you lose a lot of creativity and inspiration that way. Um, I think playing more Final Fantasy games, we've, we've been playing games together when we're too tired because uh, Scafus has been studying and working. Um, well then it has given me a lot of appreciation for just how much sheer talent there is at Square Enix. Um, it makes me worry that they don't seem to have that many Sorry, you got cut off. at the moment, but oh, okay. the music talent is one thing. Oh, sorry. Where did I get cut off? Uh, you were saying direct and then uh, my Discord threw a pause ah. on. I said I'm a bit worried because we don't seem to have that many directors at Square Enix at the moment who can make good games, but um, their talent pool is still really strong in a lot of areas. We didn't really talk about the music of FF15, which I think is great. Yokoshimaru is in fine form, um, and that the fact that they've had so many amazing components work for them is an amazing it's a great part of the series. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a yeah. Genuinely, we've yeah. I don't. I don't think we have anything left to say. Let's let's wrap this thing up. So uh, this is the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast, where monthly we talk about wiki stuff and Final Fantasy stuff, and uh, sometimes we jam Anglo-Saxon history and various socialist bullshit in here. Um, I'm your host, Blue Highwind. I'm usually on if there isn't a funeral in my family. And, uh, yeah, our podcast uh, music is by uh, Expert Novice. It's uh, La Montanas de los Jovenes Caballeros, which is the Mount Colton's theme from Final Fantasy VI off the OC Remix album. And uh, what's our website, Skaith? Uh, www fandom it's not i can't even remember what it is anymore yeah even you yeah you know it's not it's not easy it's uh ever since we switched (laughs) from wikia to fandom how the hell do you know what the website is so yeah we'll be back uh we'll be back in a month with final fantasy 16 thoughts and it's gonna be a big episode we might go for like four hours yep so uh thank you all for coming and listening and uh that's the end of this uh goodbye (laughs) Hey, <laughs>